Kia beautiful lady. You are going to absolutely love this episode. There is so many nuggets that you need to seriously have either a notebook or make sure that you have your notes on your phone open. You might also want to listen to this multiple times. The stories that our guest shares just blow my mind and they show extreme courage, extreme resilience and of course extreme self-confidence which we know that is exactly why we are here listening to this episode. Make sure that you again have that notepad, have a pen so you can soak in every single piece that really resonates with you. And then after you finish listening, I really, really need something from you, please. I need you to get in touch with me and tell me what you loved, what resonated most with you about this episode, because there is seriously life-changing stuff in here. And I want to know for you specifically what it was that landed. We would just have the best conversation. So you can see in the description below all the ways that you can contact me. I really, really look forward to hearing from you, beautiful lady, about what you loved about episode 42 of the Girls Get Confident podcast. This podcast was created for women who want to grow their confidence and make themselves a priority so they can get their life back. I'm Janelle, and this is the Girls Get Confident podcast. Welcome to the show. Ladies, you may be wondering how I connected with today's guest, and that is because usually our guests are friends of mine or they are people that I've met online and that I've become friends with. So we have some kind of, um, I guess, relationship and stories of how we met and the things we've experienced together. Whereas with today's guest, I came across Pamela when I was doing research for the podcast, and I was actually brainstorming ideas for the show when I came across a blog post on Pamela's website and it was titled five benefits of self-confidence and you know this podcast is called girls get confident right so it's all about confidence so this this blog just intrigued me so much and upon reading the article and seeing some more about Pamela I knew that I had to get in touch with her and and ask her to be on the show so that we could um, experience and, and hear about some of the stories and learnings that you've had in your life and how they relate to confidence. Now, Pamela is a former undercover police officer and a federal prosecuting attorney with 20 years experience in the federal justice system. That sounds so official. Um, (laughs) And obviously it is. Now, um, I'm so excited. Pamela, thank you so much for being here with us today. To break the ice, why don't you tell us your favorite self-care activity? Wow, well, that is a great icebreaker for sure. And I'm so grateful that we connected and found each other. I think that's one of the main benefits of the internet. There are lots of things I don't love about it, but connecting with incredible people is definitely one. And, you know, self-care is not something that I ever gave thought to or imagined Mm. was important uh, when I was working those careers in the criminal justice system. It just wasn't talked about and it didn't seem natural and now Mm. I think for me I'm introverted by nature and Mm -hmm. I am an extrovert clearly for my professions but Mm. when I'm looking at self-care it's mostly uh, reading having some quiet time being outside I live in the Canadian Rocky Mountains so getting outside and uh, back to nature is definitely a part of that whole routine for me. 
Mm, that is that is so beautiful. Would you say that gone from self care not being a priority or a thing that was even talked about that you knew was even you know a thing in life, um, and now it's kind of like this buzzword and everybody talks about it. Um, did you did you or have you got to the point where you know say reading and going out into the mountains is something that you try to fit in a certain amount of time per week to like make it a priority, or is it just when you've got some spare time oh, I might go read or go for a walk kind of thing? You know, it's definitely scheduled in because mm. it's not it's goes, you know, the way of uh, everything else that you don't get scheduled in. And I've noticed, so for example, um, there are several different books that I have read. Mm. And when I'm reading books on personal growth or personal development, again, those were two foreign ideas to me as a wow. police officer and a prosecutor. But now reading those, I, I see the for lack of a better word, manifestation of great things that happen in my life after that. And I'm definitely not a woo woo kind of person by any stretch. Uh, Once you Mm -hmm. get to know me, you would, you'd know that really (laughs) clearly, but you know, and my husband comments on that too, is I'll be reading something about uh, personal finances, for example. Yeah. Or another example, there's a book called the magic by Rhonda Byrne Mm -hmm. who wrote the secret and, you know, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. A friend gave it to me and I thought, you know, to honor her, I'm going to read this book. And I was reading about health of all mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I look after my health. I do all these things. But that very same day, a hospital association reached out to me to come and speak at their conference. Wow. And I now I drew the two together. I thought, okay, I would have I didn't think hospital associations would ever be interested in my topic or what I speak about. And they reached out and it turned into a wonderful thing because then that spiraled into other hospital associations and other organizations hiring me. So those things I think that we put in our mind really do speak to whatever it is, your belief system is the universe, uh, spirituality, Mm. Mm. and it comes back. And without scheduling that in first thing in the day, when mm-hmm. I wake up, first thing I do is read a chapter out of whatever book I happen to have. And sometimes if I have time, I'll squeeze in too. But I always make sure I have at least time for one. And in the wow. summer months, I do it outside. Mm. In the winter months, I do it inside in front of the fire with mm. a really good cup of coffee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds so dreamy. Something about what you just shared really stuck in my mind in relation to, say, the justice system and personal growth not being a thing. I wonder how impactful that would be on, say, police officers' lives if personal development was a part of their, you know, their focus and a part of their their work was to take a specific amount of time out per week to to learn, to grow, and to develop. Do you think that that would be something that would help police officers? Oh, absolutely. I think it helps everyone. You know, I I was reading a book by Jack Canfield, and it's Mm. called The Success Principles. And he's, of course, uh, started all of the chicken soup for the soul books, which I didn't read any of the chicken soup for the soul books. But I Mm -hmm. someone, again, I received a copy of the success principles, I read it, and he wrote or co authored a book called chicken soup for the prisoners soul. And what they found was that when prisoners were given this book, and those who were able to read it, you know, there was de-escalation in violence, Mm. um, easier cooperation among inmates. And so I really think that it can help anyone to have, Mm. but it has to speak to them. It can't just be, you know, forced. It has to really, because some people 
would be completely turned off by that particular book, but may find mm. something very different that speaks to uh, what it is that they need for personal growth or personal development. It could be The Alchemist, which is written like a story. Right. Uh, you know, mm. people love that type of book as opposed to just, you know, really, mm. you know, principles with a couple little stories they want it to mm. flow. So I think I would encourage people to find something that works for them and then take a deeper dive into that particular genre, that type of book or audible yeah. audible books oh absolutely i i constantly have books i'm listening to that i listen to when i'm driving long distances and then i have books that i read and so there's always like i'm always part way through probably two sometimes yeah. three books because one I don't know. Uh, I used to try to push through to just read one book at a time. Mm -hmm. And, and then this year I'm like, there's certain books that are just, that are so, um, intense on your mind. So for instance, a book that I'm reading that I've actually been reading for a while is called Heal Your Mind. And it's a mix of Mona Lisa Schultz and she's MD, PhD and Louise Hay. So it's super, um, in line with the medical system, but then also how you can use um, personal growth and affirmations and things like that to heal yourself. This book is so intense. It's a full on yeah. read. And so it's taken me ages, but then I mix it up with another personal growth book. That's a little bit lighter, you know? So absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, that we all have different things that, that speak to us. So that's really mm -hmm. awesome that you spoke into that. Thank you. You know, this show is all about empowering women to grow their self-confidence so that they can go after the life that they've always wanted to live. And if they don't know what that is, they, they have the ability and the self-awareness to then figure that out once they've got that sense of self, you know. And no doubt in your career in the justice system, it would have been paramount to have self-confidence. Can you share with us some of why that would be so important and, and, you know, in your past life? Well, in my undercover life, it was life or death, really. Mm. If you didn't come across as confident and capable, competent, um, there was a huge risk to your personal mm. safety. And I was the only woman um, in a drug enforcement unit of over 90 officers. So there was this very different type of um, confidence that mm. was tempered with empathy I think that really resulted in presence. I think having that presence made a huge difference in establishing trusting relationships, in ensuring my safety and the safety of those around me. And most of it, it really starts within because our emotions show up on the outside. How mm -hmm. we're feeling is how our body language ends up looking to others, essentially. So that inner confidence, even many times when I didn't feel it, or I was frightened, or there was so much uncertainty that it was challenging to even, you know, take a step forward, just reminding myself that I'd been able to do it before, mm. having more expansive body language, taking some deep breaths, and again, moving forward, stepping into that risk, um, reinforce that. So I'll give you uh, an example. Yeah. When we think about something that's gone very wrong for us, or we imagine that something could go very wrong. So uh, perhaps it's speaking in front of a room or meeting with investors or 
you know, meeting with new uh, drug dealers related to outlaw motorcycle gangs. You know, there's a million wow. different things that we're going to yeah. do. And <laughs> they all require the exact same thing regardless. Mm-hmm. And that is the inner belief that things will work out. If we start telling ourselves or imagining, oh, this worst case scenario, they could really hurt me. I could be killed. Or if I'm speaking on stage, people aren't going to like it. They're mm-hmm. going to be bored. They're going to leave the room or, you know, we're doing this podcast. People are going to turn it off. There's a million different things that we can program in our mind to imagine mm-hmm. what could mm-hmm. happen. And mm-hmm. all that does is really set us up for failure because mm-hmm. we start to become paralyzed and are unwilling then to take those risks that we need to have success. The flip side of that is if we start really reminding ourselves, hey, I've done something similar in the past, or I've heard about someone doing something similar in the past, or I know it has been done in the past, or I can imagine how it could be done well, and we start programming ourselves that way, Mm. we internally set ourselves up for success and that ability to walk through some more risks. And Mm. I think we can all think of times where I don't know, we psyched ourselves out thinking things were going to go wrong. And then the whole day just fell apart. You know, we, it does go wrong. What, yeah. <laughs> what we thought was going to go wrong goes wrong. And then it spirals and spirals and spirals. Mm. Or we think about a time when we were really powerful and we really felt confident and we all hopefully have had those moments and it could be mm. something very small in our personal life, something huge in our professional life, somewhere in between. Mm. And if instead we remind ourselves of that, we will have much more success. So when I was buying drugs for a living, you know, I bought bought many times. <laughs> I love the way you I love the way you frame that. When I was buying drugs for a living. <laughs> yeah, and, and there was times when things and you know, you hear about other officers being injured. You hear mm. about tragedy. You hear about all mm. of these different things. Mm. But you can't think about that. You think about, no. you know what? I bought I bought yesterday. I bought earlier today. Things went mm. okay. You just keep reminding yourself. And that's mm. even when I was um prosecuting in large trials, you know, jury trials, you have 12 people sitting there, you have a judge, you have Mm. all sorts of witnesses, some are great, some aren't so great. And that confidence, and the, uh, you know, resulting competence that people Mm. construe from that, they're Mm. all watching. And you need to know the law, know your case, understand what questions to ask next, be able to work on the fly because a lot, there's always going to be something that happens that you're completely sure. not expecting, mm. but you have to maintain that composure and that professionalism because everyone is watching. And just to remind yourself, I've done this before. All I need to do is make sure the truth gets out there. That's mm. all. That's what my job is. So I think that helps a lot when we can have in our brain, this reminder of a time when we were successful, it can show up in our body language, our nonverbals, and mm. how we present ourselves. And it's all about that presence that we bring. Mm, that's so beautiful. And it doesn't even have to be in exactly the same area or you haven't have, you, you don't have to have done that specific thing and succeeded before. It can be you've succeeded at anything in life and that, exactly. that feeling and that win is transferable into what you're doing now. I think that is so powerful. And it reminds me of something where, you know, there's certain people who they, 
they really want to do something and then they see another person who's gone and done that thing and then instead of using that as inspiration they then use that as like oh well I can't I can't do that now they've done it whereas my view is like if somebody else has done something that is proof for you that you can do it too you know it it, it means it's not impossible somebody's done it multiple people have done it you can be one of those people who can do it too so that's really mirroring what you've just shared there and I think that is so beautiful and my goodness you I, I can't even imagine the experiences that you know that you have been through and at what age did you get into the justice system I was in my mid-20s wow so, and did you did you feel prepared for what was to come I don't think so but then again in your early to mid 20s you don't re- you just oftentimes <laughs> you just leap do it. without yeah. thinking about it and yes. you don't have a history of failures mm. to prevent you but the flip side of that i think is as we age and now i'm in my mid 50s mm-hmm. i now recognize that nobody's really thinking about me or looking at me no. or wondering about me because they're all really thinking about themselves mm-hmm. and that's human nature. That's how we are. And I think it's very freeing. So when we're younger, maybe we don't have all the failures and things to hold us back, but we're very cognizant of being judged and we mm-hmm. are always trying to make the right move. So we fit in. That's just something that that age requires And then as we grow older, grow more experiences, definitely have more failures there. But we recognize that it's really just us that think about that. Nobody else is thinking about that. They've got so many things going on. Mm. They can't even begin to take on that. And then there are those, you know, we have social media, et cetera, who get caught up in the comparison trap. Oh, I know. And, Mm. you know, just crushing imposter syndrome that results and, that is something that I really think as a community we need to work on and just to mm-hmm. be more transparent. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe in exposing everything on social media and, mm. and having all of that. And I completely understand that everyone puts their best face forward, uh, literally and figuratively, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on social media. And I think just to remind ourselves that that's the case, that all of those perfect photographs, all of those perfect trips, and wonderful, you know, homes and all of the different things that we see. There's parts of that that maybe aren't exactly as they seem. Mm -hmm. And even if they are, who cares? Mm -hmm. You know, really take a deeper dive and focus on to what's bringing us joy and what we can do to excel in the area that we're striving for at that moment. Mm. There's actually a beautiful book that talks to that by Melissa Ambrosini. She's Australian and it's called Comparisonitis. I read it and straight away I recommended it to my little sister and I was like, you need to read this book. I don't think she's read it, but you know, kind of like what you said before about the um, the prisoners, like not, not everything resonates with everyone and there's a yes. time and a place for everything. But I was like, oh, this would help our younger generation so much. Like stop comparing. Honestly, it's holding us back in so many different ways oh so sad um with it sounds to me like you've had two you know you've had two lives you've uh, no doubt you've had more but <laughs> let's say you've had two lives you've had this part of you that was in the federal justice system for 20 years and then now you have this corporate speaking training side of you what was in the middle like what was it that um 
made you want to end your justice system career and then go into the world of speaking? Yeah, it was really, you know, I can't point to one specific thing, but I recall, you know, I'd be, we'd be out for dinner with friends or Mm. uh, chatting with colleagues and talking to people. And then, you know, would come up what my past career was usually the undercover part, which people find really interesting, which is oftentimes Mm. nothing like people think, not like television, et cetera. But so people would ask about it. And then, you know, what did you take away from that? What did, how do you think that connected with your, you know, career as a lawyer? Mm. And it just kept coming back to being able to read people and establish trust. So essentially, I think if you boil it down, having excelling in emotional intelligence, I think made both of those careers a success. And then parsing the pieces of that that apply that other people can use techniques, strategies. So I was asked to speak at a couple of things and I agreed. I didn't realize that there was actual, you know, a paycheck that could be attached to that Mm -hmm. or an income Mm -hmm. source. I had no idea. I thought the only people that got paid to do that were like Tony Robbins and (laughs) people like that. I didn't realize that there was a whole, this whole community of speakers that, you know, speak on very specific things that don't, they didn't climb Mount Everest, so to speak, or they didn't land on the moon, but they have all of these different experiences from their past lives or research, et cetera, or past careers. I mean, you know, I'm not Mm -hmm. going to get to, so they take that and share with others who can then take those principles and apply them to their life. And I thought, wow, what a brilliant way to do something. I love research. I love taking a deeper dive into these techniques and topics and teaching them and having fun. I love to have some fun with people and Mm. make them laugh and also Mm. help them learn something, share some stories. And so that's just kind of transitioned from there. Wow. So what does a day in the life of Pamela look like? Now, <laughs> well, a day like today looks like I'm wearing a suit and things on the top, and I have some you look stunning. Yoga I have yoga pants on the bottom, which was Lo- why I love doing virtual things because I have slippers on too. So, a typical day it would depend, you know, oftentimes I'm traveling, so it could mm-hmm. be a day at an airport or mm-hmm. a new community. Uh, when I'm on stage speaking to corporations or associations, I'm mm-hmm. you know up in the hotel going for a quick sound check, getting ready, Mm -hmm. doing my talk, and then Mm -hmm. sometimes meeting with people after, or if there's no meeting after, I head straight back to the hotel room, turn on HGTV or some other type of, uh, you know, mindless kind of show, Mm -hmm. watch it for an hour, order room service and go to bed. Mm -hmm. Days I'm home, I'm writing, I'm creating more content, I'm online and, um, you know, working from home, which is a true gift Mm. uh, for sure. I love both. I think I have the best career ever for me personally, Mm because I love people and to be around them, but I'm also a bit introverted by nature. So I like having that alone time. I love to teach and share information and research, but being a teacher, so to speak, in front of a classroom would never have interested me. So I think I really, you know, I just, it works best for me. And that's, I guess the other thing is in all of my careers, Mm. I've never had a typical day. And that is something I love because, you know, when I was policing in uniform, I never knew what was going to happen. I'd get into my police car, I'd have my uniform on. I could be 
you know, doing some community thing one minute, mm. at a homicide the next minute, wow. at a traffic accident the next minute. There was never a typical day. And then mm. in the drug enforcement uh, world where I spent a decade, I lived with a different name, different identity in different towns for months at a time. So mm. there was never a day that was the same. And the same with practicing law. Sometimes I was in my office prepping cases, meeting with witnesses. Other times I was in the courtroom. I, I was probably in the courtroom almost every day, but uh, you know, also doing things. So there was never anything the same. And the same with this career now. There's never a day that's the same. And I crave that variety and challenge. Mm. Uh, it suits me best. Others, I mm. think, love having a routine. And I think that's mm. fantastic. Just find what works for you. Absolutely. Something that's coming to my mind hearing your career experiences is I know sometimes when we do something in our lives that we love it and, you know, it sets our heart on fire, sometimes our families or the people around us. So let's say in this instance, it's not your husband because you met him in your career, but you know, parents or siblings, they don't really understand. And it can be really hard to converse with people who have no idea what you do. And sometimes it's the side that they don't even care and that can hurt. And then also on the flip side, it's that they, no matter how many times you try and explain to them, they still don't understand. Have you ever experienced anything like that throughout your various careers? Oh, for sure. I didn't tell my mom <laughs> I was in the drug unit. I don't think until a few years in, she had no idea. Um, and then even when she did, she really didn't know what I did. I think she thought, mm. you know, I still worked in a police office and, you know, chased down drug dealers or something. I don't think she really knew mm. and still probably doesn't know a lot of the things. I don't share a ton of those stories, especially with my family, but it was because I was, you know, really trying to protect them. And also there were mm. things I couldn't discuss, Yeah. but I, you know, I think our families and the people closest to us have this idea of, of protecting us and wanting mm. the best for us. Mm-hmm. And when they don't have that shared experience of what we know or what we've gone through, they're not able to do that. And I think just being really patient uh, is is a strategy. But at the end of the day, they're not living your life. And I think regret is, you know, as close to death as you can get. And if you go through your life and you've lived it for someone else or based on someone else's expectations, you cannot get those years back. You cannot mm-hmm. get that time back. And, um, you know, when I quit, you know, being a lawyer, being a, mm. a federal prosecuting attorney, which, you know, my mom, who did her best, and it was a teen pregnancy, she thought, wow, you know, becoming a lawyer is just like yeah, the best the thing in the world. Mm. So how do you walk away from that kind of mm-hmm. career? But she's always been incredibly supportive of everything mm. that I've ever taken on. So I'm, I'm fortunate there. And the people that don't understand, perhaps if I were to back up 20 or 30 years ago, I might have been more concerned about that. But yeah, I'm really mm. not. I think I think what you just shared there is amazing in terms of like with age comes the sense of I don't care anymore. I don't care what other people think. And I'm not living my life for others. And we're really lucky on this show. We've got um, people of all different ages, you know, so it's really nice to say if you're in your early 20s and you have this sense of um, trying to stay still, um, 
get approval from your parents or you know you're in in literally what we just shared about you do some kind of career or you have some passion in your life that your family doesn't understand and that does affect you it's like just know that as you get older that will affect you less and less and then we've got our older ladies who listen who are like yes stuff that I live my life for me and you know but yes when I was in my early 20s I probably did live my life for other people so I think that's so beautiful I I think we all care about what others think clearly you know i I put on some makeup, I brushed my hair, I put on a suit jacket and some jewelry because I knew I would be on camera. So, you know, and you're trying to uh, really influence reactions, I think, depending on the job that you're showing up for or Mm -hmm. the position or whatever is happening. You want to present your best self. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's going to be you know, looking a certain way, doing certain things. Other times it's going to be something completely different. So Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely human nature to care. It's just how much are you going to let that control you and determine those really important things in your life, which are how you earn a living. It's your, uh, to quote an old friend, you know, you're a long time in the ground. So while you're above, um, (laughs) It's up to you to make those decisions that will give you your best life so that when you are in later life and you Mm -hmm. look back on those last 90 years or 100 years or however long you've had, I hope for the most part that people can look back and say, you know what, I think 80-20, 80% was exactly what I wanted. I worked hard. I did my Mm -hmm. best 20%. You know, sometimes I let things get in the way. If I could change things, maybe I would. But you would never be the person you are if you didn't have those struggles and challenges that present themselves. Absolutely. And those struggles and challenges are what becomes you know, pages or even chapters in your book that becomes your story. And I was listening to this podcast the other day and this guy was telling the story about some bad things that had happened in his childhood. And he was like, he he used to affirm for himself and what he would say to himself when he was in that place is he was like, this becomes part of the story too. You know, when I'm out on the other side of this and when I've grown through this this becomes the story that I can share and that I can use to help others and obviously here he was on this podcast with millions of listeners like one of the biggest podcasts in the world at the moment it's Ed Milet and um I was like, that is that is so true. You know, we we all go through things. And I love what you said about the 80-20 rule, knowing, you know, 80% of my life I went for it. I did the things I wanted to do. And hey, I'm not perfect. So there's a little bit of 20% over there, but we're not gonna worry about that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, it's self-confidence is massively about learning to trust yourself. And that is a process. It is not something that um can just kind of happen happen overnight you know it's a journey like all parts of life and all personal growth what would you say if there was somebody listening who wanted to learn to trust themselves more I think honoring those small commitments we make to ourselves is the best thing we can do and we all fall down on this so you know you could take new year's day for example everybody makes all of these resolutions around the world and then by valentine's day in february They have forgotten Mm. all about them. But what that does over time is it just eats away at our self-confidence because we don't Mm. trust ourselves to follow through. So I would encourage people to start with something really, really small. So if it was, for example, reading something 
spiritual, personal growth, something mm -hmm. that would help you move toward whatever it is that you're working toward, maybe a chapter is going to be too much and it's not going to fit into your life. You have kids, you have a career, you have mm -hmm. parents you're helping, you have a million other things happening. Yeah. But what if you could do a page or what if you could, like you said, download uh, a book, an audible book and listen to some of it while you're driving the kids somewhere or why, mm -hmm. when you're going somewhere and just to slowly do that or drinking more water. That's one of the, you know, I have this <laughs> cup on my desk to drink more water. It's, I have to remind myself and, you know, just having it visible, having it mm -hmm. available. Mm -hmm. If it's working out, that's one I think most people fall down on because it's not really fun sometimes. Yeah. I think some people love it, but, and I love it after the fact. Yes. I really don't love it before or at mm. the beginning. I really mm. don't love it. But when I finish, I feel great. And that took a while. I'm just mm. going to say easily six months of consistency before I thought I feel really great. Mm -hmm. But I'm fortunate that I, you know, I think I, I have a little space in my home to be able to do that. Mm. There's an amazing woman who does these free videos on YouTube that are love. wonderful workouts. Carolyn Gervin is her name. She's fabulous. Mm. They're easy to do. You don't need really much equipment or anything. So setting yourself up for success and just honoring that and maybe not saying, okay, I'm going to do it every day. But mm. what if I do it every Tuesday and Friday? Mm -hmm. And because those are my days that I don't have as many things going on. And then after a few weeks of honoring that, maybe add in another day or do something. But it's those little things that go a long way. So people who struggle with self-confidence I would encourage consistency toward one small goal mm. would be huge or money um, saving, you know, even just $5 a week, a mm dollar -hmm. a day, something. And just to tell then consistently tells your brain you're following through, you're working toward that goal. Mm, I think that is so important. So what you've just said there, if I'm going to relay it properly, is to to build self-trust, you need to choose, let's say, start with one thing that you are going to follow through on and you're going to be consistent with that. And that is slowly going to stretch that self-trust muscle within you. And then when you start to do you know, that little bit and you're hitting that consistently, then you can add more to it. And that is so true. This year, I decided for myself that I wanted to be a 5am wake up person. And I just feel like you, you, you know, I'm, I'm a morning person. And so I know that I do really well in the morning. Like I could wake up and go straight to my computer and do a solid four hours of work before, you know, the rest of the world has even walked into their office by 9am kind of thing. And, um, so I knew that I wanted to be this 5am person. And I remember back in like February and March, I was setting my alarm for 5am and I might get up one out of five days. <laughs> But then slowly I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's just say one day a week, two days a week, we want to be up at 5 a.m., you know? And now we're in, um, by the time this goes live, live will likely be in October. And I am at four days per week, wow. 5 a.m. wake ups. I love it. It is the best. Now today, like I shared with you before we started recording Pamela, today I didn't, I didn't wake up until seven. Um, <laughs> but you know, that was that today is my one day. So tomorrow yeah. I'm waking up at five and then I've still hit my four days per week. And it really does build that trust. Like I can confidently say now that I'm a 5am wake up woman and I love it. 
I love it. It feels so good. Just like what you said about that you feel great after the exercise. I feel great after waking up at five, having my lemon water, coming into my office to do some meditation on the ground. I'm like, yeah, I'm smashing it. Go me. Yes. You know, and it and it really like it it just you can just feel the the confidence and the sense of pride within Absolutely. yourself too for following through um on your commitments to yourself. So that is really beautiful because I think a lot of us we stick to the commitments we've made to other people, right? Mm -hmm. But we put ourselves last or we might have a full day planned. We've got some stuff in there for ourselves, some stuff in there for other people, but we're really quick to quickly take the things for ourselves off. You know, if, mm -hmm. if it gets too full or gets too much, we're like, oh, we'll do that tomorrow. And that leads me on to my next question because that there is a sense of self-abandonment. Can you talk to us about self-abandonment and what that looks like and possibly, you know, in terms of um, your work and your experience, what people can do, um, even just small things to kind of release that self-abandonment within us? Yeah, I, I think, again, you know, I try to go with the 80-20 rule. I'm going to forgive myself when things that don't work out. And mm -hmm. it takes a bit of time because we all have that voice inside of our head that tells us you can't do that. Of course, you're going to give up. You failed before. What are people going to think? Uh, no one expected you to be able to do that. We have all of these voices that happen in our head and they're going to get to us and we're going to listen to it sometimes. It's, it's just our brain's way of protecting us mm. from danger. And that's how it's programmed. So if we understand that that's how our brain works, that mm -hmm. all our brain really wants is to keep us safe, and protect us, even if that means not allowing growth, not allowing new success and new adventure into our life, mm. as long as we're safe and protected. And that's what our brain is trying to accomplish. So when we understand that, and we feel that feeling coming on, if we just take mm. a moment and go, okay, I just know that's my brain trying to keep me safe. I get yes. it. Yes. Thank you for doing that. However, I want to move forward. And if I screw up and things don't go well, nobody's going to die. So, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's going to be, it's just going to be me. I don't have to get too worried about it. I might let some people down. Things don't work out. But at the end of the day, people are very understanding. And I think we need to, like you said, we're very understanding when other people let us down or when we, yeah. we get disappointed, we, we give them all sorts of leeway, all sorts of grace, mm. but we don't really turn that inward. And that's a work in progress. I would love to say that I met that, that I've transcended all that and I'm <laughs> able to do all of that. And I am not by any stretch there. I'll write something. I'll do something. I've been asked to do things that I think are way outside of my capability and scope. Like, who am I to do that? Who am I to think that I could possibly accomplish that? Wow. And I've given up and I've not done it or I've rescheduled and just stay focused on the things that I know I'm good at and that I can do successfully. But that gets boring because yeah. then you can already do that and you keep doing it and doing it and you feel not content you feel this discontentment with your life you feel bored you feel not challenged you feel not mm. motivated mm. and when those feelings happen and i'm like okay i know what's going on i've listened to that safety mechanism in my brain too many times i've stayed in my little comfort zone and it's been wonderful but now i'm kind of bored here 
So I need to do something different and then give myself permission to, to stretch and fail and screw up and embarrass myself and regret that I did it and all of the other things that happen. But 80% of the time, I get a little bit further. I meet someone new. I have yes. some new experience. And I just have to keep reminding myself of that. Mm, that's so beautiful and every person you meet as well you you help them indirectly in some way you know like you said before about standing up in a courtroom and you have to be together and you and you have to be poised and confident and all these people are watching you these people are subconsciously taking away things that you're um that that you are being you know they are they are seeing that confidence in you and that's giving them a little bit of confidence and so every new person that you meet and especially say for the introverts who find it really really struggle talking to new people and connecting and networking it's like that that interaction you could actually take something really beneficial away from it but so can that other person that you're talking to as well so those are really um beautiful beautiful reminders to have and yeah my goodness the comfort zone is so boring (laughs) (laughs) but it's comfortable so yeah, it is. Know, there's there's that. Yeah, it, it's comfortable, but I I absolutely hear what you say about how it gets boring. So yeah, it's it's like finding that balance and a sense of reminding ourselves that we're safe and that we're okay, but also stretching ourselves so that we can keep growing and learning and really trying to. Um, continue to become the woman that we want to be because you know we're all we all just want progress in some way shape or form in life now earlier um when i was doing the introduction i referenced your blog post which is how i first found you and that was the one that's titled five benefits of self-confidence i would love if you could because no doubt somebody's listening and they're probably like oh, i want to go read that article <laughs> we'll we'll save you the time but of course you can still go read it afterwards i would love it if you could talk to some of those benefits for the ladies listening at home oh my god I think I'm gonna have to look that up I if you can (laughs) tell me what they are and you can talk to it no I love it I've got them I've got them so point number one was experience less fear and anxiety that's a benefit of being confident Uh, oh 100% it is and I think that that comes back to just reminding ourselves or recalling times where we've had a success or a moment of personal power and being able to embrace that and just remind ourselves of that. And there's there are things that I learned from others. I didn't create any of this. This is all plagiarized stuff. It's called mm. a win box or uh, you know, a win list. And I have this little uh, box that you can buy, you know, stationary stores. Mm. And every time uh, when I was first getting started, someone would send me a card or send me an email or a text that they said that they had been positively impacted in some way. Now, of course, I'm getting validation from others and it's not something that you need to have self-confidence, but it certainly is something that can bring you out of a time when you start second-guessing yourself or questioning those Mm. things that you do. So I have Mm. this beautiful win by another one in my closet that's much larger that I've put all of those types of things in. And I used to refer back to it a lot more often than I do now. And I think that that's because I've been able to move through some of that. So when people are struggling, even when someone just says, thank you for holding the door open, if you keep a journal or do something 
just that you did something that was kind and, and appreciated and to remind yourself that that's really who you are and that will give you and help grow self-confidence. And of course, we've talked a lot about risk and taking yeah. some risks. Yeah, that is amazing. And as you're sharing that about that box, I think that's such a cool idea, kind of like a memory box of gratitude yes. from people who have got um, you know, help and support and guidance from your work. On the right of me is a really big cork board in my office here. And I when I I, I only left full-time employment at the end of June this year. Wow, so it's been, congrats. you know, four months now that I've been self-employed. Thank you. Super proud. And um, what I created for myself, similar to you in your box, but I got screen grabs of messages oh, that I have received from people over the past few months and like a screenshot of my podcast downloads and then some visuals from women's circles that I do. And I put them into like a vision board on Canva I sent it to my partner weeks ago and I was like, can you please print this out at work? Like it's a little bit cheeky, but can you print it out at work? please?" <laughs> and then <laughs> and literally yesterday he came home and I was in, I was here in the office and he comes into the office and he's like, Oh, come into the lounge. I want to show you something. And I was like, Oh, okay. Then I go into the lounge and he walks me over to the table and on the table is my vision board that he has not only printed, but he has laminated. Oh. And so, <laughs> so now it's right there on my cork board and it is titled 2022 Keep Going Inspo. And I Wonderful. love that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I think there's nothing wrong with having little reminders that, you know, we've had something that's worked out really well. I think, oh, someone gave me this card, Born to Kick Ass. And that is so cool. So I'm like, yeah, I like that. That's that's how I feel about myself sometimes. So little things that speak to us, physical mm. reminders are fantastic. And we can keep them wherever we like. You know, if you don't necessarily have a workspace or a place at home that would accommodate that, mm. you can make, like you said, something in Canva or something else, put mm. it as a, the screensaver on your phone. Yes, yes, yes. Just to have those reminders. And again, we're not looking always for outward validation, but it's certainly mm. nice to have that so that mm. we can see it and go wow okay that's yeah that was really you know that was a good day I had a wonderful mm. day here's something that mm. happened keeping a journal writing it down I think visual mm. reminders are great Mm, absolutely. I love that. And the second benefit of self-confidence you have from your blog is increase your motivation. Yeah, it definitely, because now, as we were talking about, you know, you get into your comfort zone, you get sort of bored. Mm -hmm. When we feel more confident to take those risks, mm -hmm. we are more motivated to, again, then take the next step and the next step. So, mm -hmm. you know, leaving, leaving a career, to be self-employed, to be an entrepreneur is definitely mm -hmm. terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but then you have those days where it's like, wow, this is what it's all about. I can, I can control my day for the most part, you know, clearly mm. other people's schedules come into play, but I get to have some more control. And now mm. I'm motivated to do the next thing. So I have this piece of my business. Now I'm going to maybe expand over here. Or yes. if you are employed, you have a career and you don't feel as motivated as you once did having, you know, taking a deeper dive into um, the training that is, mm. could be offered to you or looking for free training. There's so many things online that people can do. Uh, mm. Masterclass. I love, I think it's, 
don't know, 150 or $200 here. Mm. And you have access to all of these incredible yeah, people it. from mm. chefs to authors, to screenwrites, to professional athletes and singers. And they will share their secrets with you and share their information with you. And you can have it for free for 30 days, I think. So this isn't a plug for that because there's a million other types of things. I'm just using yeah. it as yeah, an example. Sure. But there's so many free things online that you can then take a, a deeper dive into, you know, if you're an IT person or if you are an HR person or if you're mm. someone who works in a factory, all of the different things. If there's something that really interests you, start learning more about it. Learn another language. It definitely will motivate you to then do the next thing and the next thing. Mm, so, so true. The third benefit of self-confidence we have is you'll have more resilience. Oh, absolutely. Because life's going to beat you down sometimes. And mm -hmm. um, there was a Rocky quote from, I, I don't, I think it's like the last Rocky movie yeah. um, that Sylvester Stallone did where he's giving a lecture to his son who's ready to give up on everything. And he's telling, you know what? Sometimes life is going to beat you down and it's going to knock you down so hard. It's going to be hard to get back up again, but you have what it takes to get back up. So don't mm -hmm. use the excuse that you can't. I know that you can, you need to believe that you can. I'm paraphrasing clearly because it's much yeah. more powerful coming out of Sylvester <laughs> There, there is that resilience that you, we can all look at times mm. when we've been knocked down. Everybody has that probably more times than they want to think about. Mm-hmm. But in reality, we, for the most part, have more successes. We just don't pay as much attention to those. Mm. We really look at the mistakes or the challenges we that we've had. Yeah. And that's, again, our brain trying to keep us safe, right? It's mm -hmm. like, let's be protected. Let's just vote. You know, these bad things can happen. So really pay attention to them. Mm. Uh, the good things we don't need to think about because nothing's going to hurt you from that. Mm -hmm. But we need to keep you safe. So when we understand and look that we can move through those challenges and we've been able to get back up, maybe we've lost money. Maybe we lost a relationship, a job, something devastating has happened to us. We're still standing. We're still here mm -hmm. and we still have mm -hmm. something to offer. And that having that confidence and belief in ourselves will help us have more resilience to move through the next challenge because for certain you will have another challenge. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what, I'm, what I say to my clients is I'm like, you know, you and I are working together right now and you're experiencing this right now and, and we're going to work through this and you're going to overcome this. And then in a year's time, you're going to have much bigger problems, but you, you'll you be equipped, you know, and you're not starting from the bottom. So you'll, exactly. you'll be more equipped to handle those, which is so cool. The fourth point is your relationships will improve. Absolutely. People are drawn. Think about those magnetic personalities or those people that when they walk into the room, mm. everybody wants to talk to them. Everybody yeah. wants to be around them. And it's nothing that they're doing in particular. Again, it's that presence that they have that makes people feel at ease mm. and makes people feel like they are a part of something even bigger. And mm. when we have that self-confidence, that's how we show up. We stand a little bit taller. We are voice projects in a certain way the cadence yes. of our voice is calming we're not frantic we are someone that draws others in and demonstrates what's possible and I think that mm. that's very important because we're all going to come into contact with people who 
are facing challenges that we have no idea and maybe can't even appreciate the depth of challenge that they're facing. You know, throughout Mm -hmm. this pandemic, it's been such a divisive and challenging time across the planet Mm -hmm. that really being someone who can stand a little bit taller and be that confident presence will be reassuring to others and it's it's contagious Mm, yeah you're right it absolutely is contagious so that's that's great there and you you've talked a couple times to the likes of posture and it makes me think that even if you you know even if you are in those situations where you're feeling nervous or you're feeling um scared about something and maybe it's outside your comfort zone just straighten your shoulders you know, yes. tilt your head up a little bit more and put a smile on your face. And it's it's not even that fake it till you make it. I don't really love that term, but it's just no. a sense of like holding yourself. Like you've got this, you know, you can, you can do this. Um, well, it triggers biology, actually. Um, Amy Cuddy, a Harvard, Harvard researcher who did a remarkable TED talk on this, yeah. talks about when we exhibit a, the power pose. So standing mm-hmm. up straight, mm. arms akimbo, mm-hmm. taking in some breaths, planting our feet what happens is our testosterone level will slightly rise which is our confidence hormone essentially i don't think that's technically what it's called but that's (laughs) what happens and our cortisol which is our stress hormone it makes us feel stressed, Mm. starts to decrease somewhat so Mm. just by having that physical presence even if inside we're going oh i'm so scared i don't know what Mm. i'm going to do i have to get on that stage i have to do this i have to do this presentation bringing that up we can trigger a reaction inside that will then result in moving into confidence. So our body language is critically important. We think it's our brain that controls our body language, but oftentimes our physical presence can then shift and change um, our mental state Mm. as well. Mm, that is so fascinating ladies i hope that landed with you and that you can go and take that into your life now that is amazing the fifth benefit of confidence as referred to in your blog post pamela is the authentic you will shine through yes that's the best part because we're all so different Mm. and we meet people we think oh we're so in alignment we're so much the same and oftentimes we are on many things but there is not another you on the planet Mm. nowhere they don't exist with your drive your desire your fears your interests your you know just everything your essence as a human is allowing that authenticity to shine through when we don't have confidence we will see you know the latest influencer of of the day on social media and think well that's what i have to do i have to you have to look that way i have to talk that way i have to buy those shoes i have Mm. to have that hair i have to do all of these different things and it eats away at our confidence and takes away from our authentic selves Mm. there's nothing worse than trying to be we've all been around those people and we've probably even done ourselves like it's a universal thing Mm. where we try to uh you know I I think I referenced Tony Robbins maybe through this or before we got talking, I didn't realize that someone could make money doing that. And he's the first person that came to my mind. I could never just get up and be Tony Robbins where I'm, you know, jumping and yelling and doing all of the, have that kind of energy. That's a hundred percent not me. But if I tried to do that as a speaker, Mm. I would not land with anyone. My it's not your authenticity it Mm. wouldn't be my authenticity and even when I was living with a different name and identity I was still my authentic self 
Mm. And I couldn't have done that job unless I was my authentic self. People can feel that and they, they don't like it. And we don't, the, and the reason they don't is because we don't. Yeah. It's not, it's like wearing clothes that don't fit properly. It just, it's Mm -hmm. not comfortable. So we Mm. can't do it. Mm, Wow. Pamela, it has been amazing having you on the show today. Thank you so much for taking the time. I feel super grateful that you, one, said yes, and that two, we're actually here doing this. Um, So thank you so much. If if you can share one last uh, thought with the listeners, maybe a way to kind of wrap up the episode so far, one last message to kind of hit home, what would that be? That your work and your existence and the things that are important to you are meaningful and need to be put out there into the world. Because if you don't, it's it's a ripple effect of, you know, just brilliance. It's like that pebble in the pond, it just expands and you have no idea who you're going to mm-hmm. impact along that journey. And I really, I think we all need to be reminded of that. Mm. You just made my eyes tear up. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Pamela. I have put your social links in the description below, ladies. So go and follow Pamela. I always love seeing your selfies with all the cheers and all of the like the the screams in the background for all the speaking engagements you've done. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me.